Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, March 11th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we recap yesterday's primary races. And the medical marijuana ballot initiative receives resistance in the House. Then, after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, the role of health insurance providers in testing for coronavirus. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Voters in Mississippi's Democratic presidential primary have given former Vice President Joe Biden an easy victory over Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. Biden secured 81 percent of the Democratic vote Tuesday night in what should secure all 36 of Mississippi's convention delegates. Trey Baker is the national director of African-American engagement for the Biden campaign. He explains the magnitude of the Mississippi win with MPB's Kobe Vance. Well, the Mississippi win was was big tonight. Uh, it it's an opportunity for him to receive most, if not all, of the delegates from a particular state, and to to lengthen that that delegate lead that he has because it's about the delegate math at this point. Um, do you think Mississippi is going to make a big difference in this overall race? Absolutely, absolutely. If he's able to come here and get get thirty six delegates and, and be that strong coming out, one it shows a couple of things. It, it it shows the the broad coalition that we were able to put together. Here we're talking about. Uh, regional diversity all over the state. We're able to compete uh, on the on the Gulf Coast, in the Mississippi Delta, Metro Jackson, uh, Golden Golden Triangle. Uh, so it shows that broad coalition that we've always been talking about. But also it shows that he has the ability to stack these delegates and, and really lengthen his um, his lead there. What do you think makes Biden so appealing to Mississippians? Well, they know Joe Biden. Um, they they trust Joe Biden. He he's a person who's been around in the national conversation uh, for many years. Uh, but also, Joe Biden knows knows us. Uh, he knows Mississippians. He knows uh, the African American community. And and I think that's something that people um, people really rely on when they go into the polls and they uh, they cast their ballot. Going forward, there's still a few more states to go. Um, what are y'all's hopes for those states? Well, I think going forward, we're, we're looking, uh, especially next week, at bigger states. So you're looking at an Illinois, you're looking at Florida, you're looking at Ohio. And these are places that will play in the general election. And so I think what Joe Biden will be able to show in the, in the next races is his ability to play across those large markets and his ability to uh, be able to compete uh, and, and ultimately beat Donald Trump in the general election. 
Trey Baker is the National Director of African American Engagement for the Biden campaign. 2018 Senate hopeful Mike Espy secured the Democratic nomination for this November's race against incumbent Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith. The general election will be a rematch of the 2018 special election. But as Espy tells our Kobe Vance, this election will be different because he'll have party affiliation and support. So we won the skirmish, uh, but now we have to get prepared for the war. And uh, in that regard, we're going to build the, 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 the strongest coalition that Mississippi's ever seen. We, we lost by, uh, you know, we were 47% last time, which is almost winning, but we got to do better. So what we have to do is, uh, is go to white communities, black communities, rural, urban, whatever income level all around Mississippi and have them believe in the promise of Mississippi going into this new century. And I believe that promise is really reflective in three areas. One is health care, the other is education, and third is infrastructure. Now, what does this mean for you? What does this mean mean to you? And what does what do you think it means for the Mississippi Democrats? <clears throat> well, what it means to me is something new because even though I ran before, it was a special election, and neither of us had a party designation. So even though I was a Democrat, there was never the D behind my name. And that's important to me, okay? Because uh, you know, I mean, that's my party, and I'm the standard bearer legally and legitimately and so uh and it allows me now to go to to like-minded individuals all around mississippi and even those who are disenchanted with what's going on in washington now we can go and use um our passion and our fervor and our knowledge of the issues to make sure that we can persuade them to vote for us Democratic primary winner Mike Espy will challenge incumbent Republican Cindy Hyde-Smith, who was uncontested for the Senate in November. Libertarian candidate Jimmy Edwards will also be on the ballot. Republican incumbents in the House of Representatives also cruised to victory last night. Congressman Trent Kelly of Mississippi's 1st Congressional District ran unopposed, while Michael Guest and Stephen Palazzo of the 3rd and 4th Districts, respectively, easily distanced themselves from primary challengers. The same was true for Democrat Congressman Benny Thompson of Mississippi's 2nd District. President Donald Trump faced challengers in the Republican presidential primary, but ended the night with 98% of the Republican vote. Voter turnout did drop in the Republican Party this year. After surpassing 400,000 voters in the 2016 primary, the GOP was only able to attract 59% of that this time around, pulling in approximately 238,000 voters. Democratic turnout, on the other hand, rose by 11% over 2016. Coming up, the medical marijuana ballot initiative receives resistance in the House. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi lawmakers passed a controversial resolution critics say is designed to split the vote and kill a medical marijuana initiative on the November ballot. Lawmakers in the House clash over Initiative 65, a medical marijuana referendum on the November ballot. Republican Joe Baumgar of Madison spearheaded the effort, working on the initiative with organizations. Republican Trey Lamar of Senatobia says the referendum is too lenient. Someone could obtain five ounces 
ounces of marijuana in a month's time, the equivalent of 300 joints. The two exchanged words in heated debate on the House floor Tuesday. Gentlemen, I asked you a question. Was there a discussion in your group about how this alternative may kill both initiatives? No. the, The people deserve... Gentlemen, what you don't realize is the people deserve to be able to vote on a real medical marijuana program, not one step removed from recreational marijuana, which is what you have proposed. You have told the whole state that we're going to have medical marijuana, okay? But what you haven't told them is that you've overreached entirely and that what you are actually proposing is one step shy of recreational marijuana. You're going to flood the market and you've got all these exemptions going into our Constitution for this new business venture. And at that point in time, gentlemen, it's not medical marijuana anymore. Okay? so what we're giving the people is an opportunity to vote on what you've told them they'd be able to vote on. So, gentlemen, do you, you claim that this somehow is going to be something other than medical use? Gentlemen, how, how – I'm going to read what I'm holding in a second here. But, gentlemen, how many times does, your, does, does a, uh, HCR 39 mention the word regulate or regulation? I haven't counted the words. You can read it just like I can. It's zero, gentlemen. Zero. Your, your initiative doesn't include the word regulation or regulations anywhere in it that I can, that I can tell or that my keyword search is uh, exposed to me. Gentlemen, Initiative 65 has 19 instances of the word regulate. But, gentlemen, here's my question, gentlemen. Initiative 65, is there a portion of Initiative 65 that says nothing in this article shall affect or repeal laws relating to the use of marijuana that is not intended for debilitating medical conditions? Does Initiative 65 say that? Say that again. Gentlemen, does Initiative 65 state maybe if, nothing, you could, maybe if you could tell me where on your seven-page constitutional amendment you're reading from that I could get there? Well, gentlemen, it's five, but gentlemen, section three. Nothing in this article shall affect or repeal laws relating to the use of marijuana that is not intended for a debilitating medical condition, and nothing in this article shall authorize the use of medical marijuana for anyone other than a qualified patient. And gener- gentlemen, it, uh, section four defines a qualified patient, and it uh, defines debilitating medical conditions, and it lists a list of conditions. Now, how is that anything other than medical use? It does say that, gentlemen. Lamar offered a resolution Tuesday to limit smoking marijuana to those who are terminally ill. Other products would be available to people with serious conditions. He tells our Desiree Frazier, Mississippians deserve the opportunity to vote on what he calls a legitimate program. Well, I believe the uh, citizens of the state deserve um, the opportunity to vote on a, a legitimate medical marijuana program, one that is just not a notch removed from recreational marijuana, and that's, that's the reason we put it forward. What is different about this bill that is more attractive than the one that's going to be in the referendum? Right. Well, uh, there's a lot. Uh, the one uh, that uh, is the, the proposed language in 65, there's a whole litany uh, that I went through on the floor today of, of problems. Uh, number one, it takes the taxing and appropriation authority away from the legislature, gives it to an executive branch. That's wrong. Um, uh, most people that I've talked to that signed on to this plan had no idea that the state was not going to be able to control the taxing of it or use the proceeds from the taxing of it for other legitimate state needs. Um, this would put into the Constitution uh, that we simply can't do that. It could only the money could what little money would be derived would, could only be used in furtherance of uh, the medical marijuana program. What is in the referendum that makes you think it's close to recreational use? 
Uh, the fact that it's not uh, the, the the licenses and the permits are not regulated whatsoever. They're unlimited in scope, and therefore, without a limit on the number of uh, businesses that can enter the market, uh, there's not going to be any uh, reasonable way for the Department of Health here in Mississippi, especially with little taxing authority, uh, to properly regulate it. So if it's not properly regulated, uh, then the market's just going to be flooded with uh, with marijuana products. And I would submit uh, some may be good products, some may be bad products. There's not going to be any way to properly regulate that under that language. House Republican Trey Lamaris from Senatobia. Joe Baumgar says his parents died from cancer and were in pain. He says he wants Mississippians to have a fair vote on the original initiative. I want Mississippians to have a fair up or down vote in November. The legislature should not put an alternative amendment on the ballot. It splits the vote. It gums up the voting process. And that's all I want. I want a fair up or down vote on medical marijuana in November. And I'm passionate about it because I lost both of my parents to cancer. And they died because they live in Mississippi. We live in Mississippi. They died in a lot more pain than was necessary because medical marijuana was not available in our state, even though it's available in 34 other states. Do you have any, uh, not understanding is the word, but do you see the other side that Trey Lamar was concerned about? Well, an alternative amendment's purpose is to kill a real amendment. I mean, that's, it just is what it is. And so uh, Initiative 65 is an actual medical marijuana program. The alternative amendment is an, inten- an intention to split the vote and kill both of them. I believe the voters deserve a fair up or down vote in November on one amendment on the ballot for medical marijuana. Let's take a vote on it. What do you say about his assertion that this was very close to making marijuana recreationally available in the state? That's completely not true in any capacity. Anybody can go read the initiative. It's on the website, Medical Marijuana 2020. He himself can read the initiative. I've asked him repeatedly to show me where it does that, and he can't show me. And so if you can't show me in black and white what your assertion is, then your assertion's not true. And that assertion is just not true. You made a point on the floor about him not being willing to participate in the committee that dealt with this issue. Why? Well, because I invited him to the process. And in good faith, for someone who cares about medical marijuana, they should have had a seat at the table. And he was offered a seat at the table to help draft Initiative 65. He declined, said he did not want to be part of that. And then here he is with a constitutional amendment on medical marijuana. And a good, the good faith thing to do would have been to do that back in 2018 when, this, when Initiative 65 was being drafted. That is the, the, the fair and right thing to do. Do you have any hopes that this referendum will still pass? Initiative 65, everybody needs to know that Initiative 65 is the real thing. Initiative 65A is not. It's an, it's an alternative amendment whose purpose is to dilute the vote, split the vote, and kill both in, initiatives. So I would encourage every Mississippian to vote for Initiative 65. That is the medical marijuana program that Mississippi needs. But the other one, the HCR 39, will be listed as, as an alternative amendment. ACR 39 would ultimately show up as uh, Initiative 65A, which would be an alternative amendment. And if that sounds confusing, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be confusing. It's supposed to split the vote. And it's supposed to kill both initiatives. And we can't let that happen. 
House Republican Joe Baumgar is from Madison. The resolution passed the House 7249, but is being held for more consideration. If the legislature passes it, the resolution will be on the ballot along with Initiative 65, which could split the vote, killing both proposals. When reached for comment, Jamie Grantham of Medical Marijuana 2020 said in part, we hope that Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman and the Senate will do the right thing and oppose this alternative amendment to give Mississippians a fair vote on medical marijuana this November. A similar situation occurred in 2015 with ballot initiative 42, a constitutional amendment designed to fund the Mississippi Adequate Education Program, or MAEP. Coming up after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, the role of health insurance providers in testing for coronavirus. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. So I had, you know, we've gotten a lot of rain lately, a lot of uh, uh, the sun missing from our day. What does that do to people? A lot of people say they feel worse when the sun's not out. That's a real thing. Seasonal affective disorder. This sort of manifests as symptoms of fatigue. Uh, you may even have sort of depressive-like symptoms like hopelessness, uh, social withdrawal. You can have mood swings with this and anxiety. Uh, just really don't want to do much of anything besides sleep. And a lot of the reasons for this is because we actually have cells on the back of our eye and the retina that go straight to the center in the brain that helps to activate wakefulness and sleep. So that when we get light, particularly the natural wavelengths of light, sort of the bluish light uh, wavelengths that the sun normally produces, we wake up. Uh, And then when that uh, dims or we have the absence of light, our brains uh, normally tell us to go to sleep. And you can have disorders of this for a number of reasons. Length of day is a big one. Uh, and uh, there's a, a real simple therapy for this. Light therapy can help. It's not a new thing. This has been around since the 40s or 50s. For people with diagnosed seasonal affective disorder, you can get a light that has those wavelengths and point it at your face, and if you get it for 30 minutes to a couple hours a day, then you can uh, decrease those symptoms. Uh, certainly a real thing, something that you can treat. Thankfully, we're getting more sunlight, but it's still a thing that you can uh, struggle through. For more health tips and medical information, listen to Southern Remedy each weekday morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org.
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The Mississippi Insurance Department is actively monitoring the spread of the coronavirus and COVID-19, the disease it causes throughout the United States and around the world. According to the insurance, according to insurance commissioner Mike Cheney, his office has communicated with most health insurance carriers in Mississippi, and each carrier has a contingency plan in place to deal with increased claims, member questions, and other communications. He tells us how health insurance providers are handling coronavirus virus testing. Your insurance to the major carriers in Mississippi, and these major carriers include people like Aetna, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Molina, Hambetter, uh, and United Healthcare. They will cover the testing and the medical necessities and uh, necessary services uh, for the testing for the coronavirus. Is this something that your office had to arrange with them? Well, I would say yes and no. Um, initially, all the insurance companies said they would um, pay for the test, but they didn't address the copay issue, which was a big deal. Blue, uh, Blue Cross still hadn't given us an answer on the copay side, but uh, United Healthcare issued a statement and they just simply said that, um, that United Healthcare has waivered all member costs here, including copays, coinsurance, and deductibles for COVID 19, better known as the coronavirus. And for diagnostic testing provided at locations that are approved to test in the United States, they didn't want somebody quack trying to test people uh, or some scam off the Internet that said we'll test you for in 24 hours. Which raises an interesting question. Can someone be tested at their doctor's office or does it have to be at at a health department? If the doctor has the kit, they can be tested at the doctor's office. Will insurance companies still, I mean, I don't even know if a person can request the test personally and get that test. Well, a person can request one, but they would still need the doctor to approve it. Uh, you got to have a referral from your doctor mm-hmm. or from a primary care physician. And, and that would uh, that would uh, be things like, uh, do you have a fever? Like they check when you come in on an airport or a port entry, they check you with a thermometer, an infrared thermometer. And, and do you have symptoms? And that would be like sniffles and all the other things that go along with the coronavirus. And, and by and large, now I'm not an expert on coronavirus. What I try to do is limit myself to insurance and with insurance companies do what they're supposed to be doing. And in this case, they've said they would. But they want a doctor to recommend testing if they think you may have the coronavirus or if you've been exposed and you're, let's say, a high profile person who meets a lot of folks like one of the presidential candidates they might want to be tested if they've been out into a crowd so the incubation period though is still kind of in limbo as to how long it takes for the virus to incubate so it could be 14 days or seven days if uh someone tests positive and they get sick and their symptoms become severe which which would require hospitalization have the insurance companies indicated what they might cover in that regard. The insurance companies would then cover, if you got sick and required hospitalization, the insurance companies would cover your expenses based upon the contract that you had. Now, you need. Uh, we would say this very cautiously, look at your contract or your policy to understand what your benefits are in case you get sick. And if you're over 65, certainly you would have Medicare Part A and most people, ninety uh, percent, have Part B, which is your drug part. Uh, you would be covered under on those two forms of Medicare A and B. And in addition, a lot of people may have a supplemental uh, B policy 
if they're retiring, they may have kept on a Medicare Advantage plan, and that would certainly cover you too. And some of the hospitals or some of the insurance companies would require pre-approval, just as they would for an, any other situation? Well, um, I don't think that they've told us that they would require pre-approval to be admitted to the hospital if, if you've contacted the virus or you tested positive for it. But it's the hospital normally would notify your insurance because they would take an assignment of your insurance benefits, which is standard practice in the state of Mississippi. And therein, you do have some protection if they take an assignment of your insurance benefits because if they overbill you, then the commissioner of insurance, and that would be me, would get involved and say you cannot overbill or do surprise billing on a consumer even if they have the coronavirus and they assign the insurance benefits to you. Is there anything else you want to comment on regarding health insurance? Well, be careful on on, on your um, contacts with other folks. Wash your hands very often for at least 20 seconds. Use disposable towels so you don't use the same towel over and over. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. And, uh, if you got to shake hands like I've been in the Capitol and I've shaken hands a lot today, I came in and washed my hands or do fist bumps. We haven't gotten to the point of touching toes or whatever they do on some of these national television programs. But avoid contact uh, with people who are sick and stay home if you're sick. Don't don't spread it around. If you're sick, stay home and cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And uh, that includes keeping a tissue with you or most people know how to use the elbow bend. And uh, clean and disinfect objects and services that you touch. That's like telephones, cell phones, and et cetera. Mike Cheney is the insurance commissioner for Mississippi. Thank you so much. Good advice today. Thank you, Karen. We asked the insurance uh, commissioner's office whether those without insurance were covered. Uh, They replied that the uninsured person would go or should go to the doctor, and that doctor will charge them for a visit. The doctor sends the blood test to the Mississippi Department of Health. There is no charge to anyone for processing the blood, but they didn't know what the doctor or hospital would charge the patient. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.